0: Argument screens off authority. Black Belt Bayesian, aka Stephen, tries to explain the asymmetry between good arguments and good authority, but it doesn't seem to be resolving the comments on my blog post Reversed Stupidity Is Not Intelligence, so let me take my own stab at it. Scenario 1. Barry is a famous geologist. Charles is a 14-year-old juvenile delinquent with a long arrest record and occasional psychotic episodes. Barry flatly asserts to Arthur some counterintuitive statement about rocks, and Arthur judges it 90% probable. Then, Charles makes an equally counterintuitive flat assertion about rocks, and Arthur judges it 10% probable. Clearly, Arthur is taking the speaker's authority into account in deciding whether to believe the speaker's assertions. Scenario 2 David makes a counterintuitive statement about physics and gives Arthur a detailed explanation of the arguments, including references. Ernie makes an equally counterintuitive statement, but gives an unconvincing argument involving several leaps of faith. Both David and Ernie assert that this is the best explanation they can possibly give to anyone, not just Arthur. Arthur assigns 90% probability to David's statement after hearing his explanation, but assigns a 10% probability to Ernie's statement. It might seem like these two scenarios are roughly symmetrical, both involve taking into account useful evidence, whether strong versus weak authority or strong versus weak argument. But now suppose that Arthur asks Barry and Charles to make full technical cases, with references and that Barry and Charles present equally good cases, and Arthur looks up the references, and they check out. Then, Arthur asks David and Ernie for their credentials, and it turns out that David and Ernie have roughly the same credentials. Maybe they're both clowns, or maybe they're both physicists. Assuming that Arthur is knowledgeable enough to understand all the technical arguments, otherwise they're just impressive noises, it seems that Arthur should view David as having a great advantage in plausibility over Ernie, while Barry has at best a minor advantage over Charles. Indeed, if the technical arguments are good enough, Barry's advantage over Charles may not be worth tracking. A good technical argument is one that eliminates reliance on the personal authority of the speaker. Similarly, If we really believe Ernie, that the argument he gave is the best argument he could give, which includes all the inferential steps that Ernie executed and all of the support that Ernie took into account, citing any authorities that Ernie may have listened to himself, then we can pretty much ignore any information about Ernie's credentials. Ernie can be a physicist or a clown. It shouldn't matter. Again, this assumes we have enough technical ability to process the argument, otherwise Ernie is simply uttering mystical syllables, and whether we believe these syllables depends a great deal on his authority. So, it seems there's an asymmetry between argument and authority. If we know authority, we are still interested in hearing the arguments, but if we know the arguments fully, we have very little left to learn from authority. Clearly says the novice. Authority and argument are fundamentally different kinds of evidence, a difference unaccountable in the boringly clean methods of Bayesian probability theory. For while the strength of the evidences, 90% versus 10%, is just the same in both cases, they do not behave similarly when combined. How, oh how, will we account for this? Well Here's half a technical demonstration of how to represent this difference in probability theory. The rest you can take on my personal authority or look up in the references. If the probability of H given E1 equals 90% and the probability of H given E2 is 9%, what is the probability of H given E1 and E2? If learning E1 is true leads us to assign 90% probability to H and learning E2 is true leads us to assign 9% probability to H, then what probability should we assign to H if we learn both E1 and E2? This is simply not something you can calculate in probability theory from the information given. No, the missing information is not the prior probability of H. E1 and E2 may not be independent of each other. Suppose that H is, my sidewalk is slippery, E1 is, my sprinkler is running, and E2 is, it's night. The sidewalk is slippery, starting from one minute after the sprinkler starts until just after the sprinkler finishes, and the sprinkler runs for 10 minutes. So, if we know the sprinkler is on, the probability is 90% that the sidewalk is slippery. The sprinkler is on during 10% of the nighttime, so if we know that it's night, the probability of the sidewalk being slippery is 9%. If we know that it's night and the sprinkler is on, that is, if we know both facts, the probability of the sidewalk being slippery is 90%. We can represent this in a graphical model as follows. Uh, Here the author has the word night, followed by an arrow pointing to the right, followed by a sprinkler, followed by a second arrow pointing to the right, followed by slippery. That's night, arrow to sprinkler, arrow to slippery. Whether or not it's night causes the sprinkler to be on or off, and whether the sprinkler is on causes the sidewalk to be slippery or unslippery. The direction of the arrows is meaningful. If I wrote night, arrow to sprinkler, arrow from slippery back to sprinkler that's the word night, followed by an arrow pointing to the right, followed by sprinkler, followed by an arrow pointing to the left, followed by slippery. This would mean that if I didn't know anything about the sprinkler, the probability of nighttime and slipperiness would be independent of each other. For example, suppose that I roll die 1 and die 2 and add up the showing numbers to get the sum. Graphically, I would represent that as die 1, arrow to the right, sum, arrow to the left, die 2. That's the word sum in between the words die 1 and die 2, both with arrows pointing towards the word sum. If you don't tell me the sum of the two numbers, and you tell me the first die showed 6, this doesn't tell me anything about the result of the second die. Yet. But, if you now also tell me the sum is 7... I know the second die showed one. Figuring out when various pieces of information are dependent or independent of each other given various background knowledge actually turns into quite a technical topic. The books to read are Judea Pearl's Probabilistic Reasoning in Intelligent Systems, Networks of Plausible Inference, and Judea Pearl's Causality. If you only have time to read one book, read the first one. If you know how to read causal graphs, then you look at the dice roll graph and immediately see the probability of die 1 and die 2 equals the probability of die 1 times the probability of die 2, or the probability of die 1 and die 2 given the sum does not equal the probability of die 1 given the sum times the probability of die 2 given the sum if you look at the correct Sidewalk Diagram you see facts like the probability of slippery given night does not equal the probability of slippery or the probability of slippery given sprinkler does not equal the probability of slippery but the probability of slippery given night and sprinkler equals the probability of slippery given sprinkler that is the probability of the sidewalk being slippery, given knowledge about the sprinkler and the night, is the same probability we would assign if we knew only about the sprinkler. Knowledge of the sprinkler has made knowledge of the night irrelevant to inferences about slipperiness. This is known as screening off, and the criterion that lets us read such conditional independences off causal graphs is known as de-separation. For the case of argument and authority, the causal diagram looks like this. Here the author has the word truth, with an arrow pointing to the right, and the words argument goodness, and an arrow pointing to the right, and the words expert belief. That's truth, arrow, argument goodness, arrow, expert belief. If something is true, then it therefore tends to have arguments in favor of it, and the experts therefore observe these evidences and change their opinions. In theory. If we see that an expert believes something, we infer back to the existence of evidence in the abstract, even though we don't know what that evidence is exactly, and from the existence of this abstract evidence we infer back to the truth of the proposition. But if we know the value of the argument node, this de-separates the node truth from the node expert belief, by blocking all paths between them, according to certain technical criteria for path blocking that seem pretty obvious in this case. So, even without checking the exact probability distribution, we can read off from the graph that the probability of truth given the argument and the expert is equal to the probability of truth given the argument. This does not represent a contradiction of ordinary probability theory, It's just a more compact way of expressing certain probabilistic facts. You could read the same equalities and inequalities off an unadorned probability distribution, but it would be harder to see it by eyeballing. Authority and argument don't need two different kinds of probability any more than sprinklers are made out of ontologically different stuff than sunlight. In practice, you can never completely eliminate reliance on authority. Good authorities are more likely to know about any counter-evidence that exists and should be taken into account. A lesser authority is less likely to know this, which makes their arguments less reliable. This is not a factor you can eliminate merely by hearing the evidence they did take into account. It's also very hard to reduce arguments to pure math and, otherwise, judging the strength of an inferential step may rely on intuitions you can't duplicate without the same 30 years of experience. There's an eradicable legitimacy to assigning slightly higher probability to what E.T. Janes tells you about Bayesian probability than you assign to Eliezer Yudkowsky making the exact same statement, 50 years of additional experience should not account for literally zero influence. but this slight strength of authority is only siderus paribus and can easily be overwhelmed by stronger arguments. I have a minor erratum in one of Jane's books because algebra trumps authority.